I can just do that in the editing side. Stick out the mandolin and the, the voice. The whole thing, really. Alright, let's start the show. Hello and welcome to another edition of Hop Heroes, a show where we talk about our favorite drinks and our favorite heroes. I'm your host, Jordan Nareth, and with me as always, we have talented artists and comic enthusiasts and brand new camera, J.R. Gonzalez. Hey. Yo. Hey, he gives the fawns. <laughs> You're looking pretty dark in that brand new camera, bro. It's the yeah, it's where's... like dark in my room and I can't get the light going. So Is there no, have to you, be there's no like light? on the ceiling no no light ceiling and my lamp is fucked up right now so well shit well in your back cave tune yeah. in um some crazy shit going on in new england in the shadows you were molded by it <laughs> now we have fucking bane um <laughs> jr's not bane though he's like the opposite of bane he doesn't even what? deserve that quote JR is like Robin's little Actually, brother. Actually, JR has anger like Bane, so I guess I guess there's some overlap. Yeah. Dude, I will lift so a freaking Robin. house, all right? And crock a like crack a, a dial. Crack addict? <laughs> yeah. You got that heroin power? <laughs> yep. Um, so it's football Sunday. We're recording at fucking too early. I don't know what time it is. Um, and JR, you probably have some interesting thoughts about your team's Oh movement. yeah, it's what been a very um, a roller coaster. I don't want to say like my emotions are played with, or because that's just not how I do. But um, <laughs> it's really hard to know what to think about. You know, you're kind of are you gonna root for uh, a certain person that you think is super annoying and super uh, counterproductive now that they go to your team, <laughs> but he's super good, right? Super, so if anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, AB Antonio Brown just went to the Patriots like in a whirlwind after being released by the Raiders yesterday. And I'm thinking this guy got whatever he deserved, losing that $30 million, being a pain in the ass, and then the Patriots pick him up. So I'm like, uh, that's, uh, you know, so I was like. Bittersweet? Bittersweet. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. We'll see how he goes, if he makes it or not. I have seen the Patriots just give up, you know, the $9 million, That's nothing, but. Um, so Plus yeah, 15 he got a fifteen million if he finishes the season, nine million signing bonus. Oh, gotcha. So he's got to finish the season to get the fifteen million. Uh, I honestly don't think he can be a diva on the Patriots. And then we have yeah, our third host, Zach Barlow, who What's up? has Tom Brady, Josh Gordon, and now Antonio Brown. I know, all on dude. His fantasy fuck, team. I just realized that. So oh, you're the man. New England Patriots, bro. Jesus. Throughout Man, the entire th- saga, Zach's reactions to everything Antonio Brown was doing was pure entertainment. Dude, the Antonio... I don't know why I signed up for this Antonio Brown roller coaster. It's been it's been an up and down situation, but I'm actually happy that he's on the Patriots. I feel like Tom Brady bombing it to AB sounds like fantasy points. And um, I don't think you can be a diva on the Patriots. I, I feel like the Patriots are anti-diva. Because <clears throat> Bill Belichick yeah. will just fucking cut you. Like that's yeah. a wrap. Like he like yeah. once like you fuck up one time, you're done. You're out. Yeah. And then So yeah. I, I just feel and plus I feel like players are like, ooh, I'm on the Patriots now. I might win the Super Bowl. I better figure my shit out. Yeah. So yep. Yeah. It's a big same deal. thing happened with Randy Moss and they turned him into a fucking just they went undefeated basically when they got him. So I I mean, if he it's this the the landing spot you probably could have predicted once he got cut. And did you see that video he dropped? 
of his oh, conversation with John Gruden. Jeez. He, so ridiculous. I don't want to be a Raider, man. You feel like you don't want me to be a Raider. So like, just, just play fucking football. <laughs> just play football, man. It's about hard. He's, like, I felt, yeah, he's ridiculous. It's hard I to like it's Gruden. hard to like want to root for him. I mean, he's it's such like he's picked such petty things to do and it's like, dude, you're so good. You, who gives a shit about any of those things and you should just be on the field all the time. What's funny about that video is the timing of it. Because right after the Raiders were like, Antonio Brown apologized, it was emotional, and he's going to play on Monday. And you're just like, oh, fuck, okay, okay, it's good. Just play on Monday, <laughs> great. And then that night, he drops a YouTube video that's like behind the scenes, Antonio. Like, it's like he's trying to start his own reality TV show it's or like something. a movie he's trailer. Like, yeah. It's so ridiculous. Want, and then it's like, like you said, and he's like to kind of talking like, like, it's like the Raiders clearly didn't let him give him that access to release that and you see the video and you're just like why stop dude play on monday like nah, it's just Keep ridiculous it bro just feel the fire just destroying I, the franchise. i'm telling you though he ain't doing that shit on the patriots if he does that shit on the patriots he's gonna get oh cut yeah real he'll quick. get cut they nah, don't even allow nah. like cell phones in the building in fact yeah, in the meeting don't... rooms they all that stuff has to be left in your locker room um and can you imagine if he catches like i mean no one's even allowed in the patriot building unless you're an actual patriot like no media no nothing except for the press room you can't walk around i mean it, it's like the the most tight-knit thing to do and um all i can say is if he doesn't like i hate to say this word because i don't feel like it's a great word but if he doesn't conform do you know what i mean he's gonna be i mean he's done i mean they're gonna be like oh you get to go to, to buffalo now go play for the bills yeah have fun <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> have, you, have you guys have you guys seen the meme of uh it's like this is antonio brown meeting josh gordon yeah, and it's, get out. it's the scene from Get Out when the black dude meets the other black dude. He's like, oh, it's <laughs> funny. Good to see another brother out here. And then the black dude's like, oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Hello, sir. Welcome. It's very good to see you. It's just like, <laughs> uh, what the fuck is going on yeah. here? I told I like Sammy Jeff about Gordon, the though. trade yesterday, and she goes, dude, I, I swear to God, Belichick has some get-out shit going on over there. And then that fucking meme came out. I was like, oh, my <laughs> God. It's so fucking perfect. Yeah. Uh, man, yeah, the saga continues. We'll see how it goes. And then we got our guy in the chair, Vinny McBroom, repping the same jersey. Yeah, we dude. twinsies. We got we to gotta retire in this jersey, though. I know. I was just thinking, like, how do you guys, like, I don't know about that jersey hey, anymore. He's Hall no, of Fame, I, bro. I didn't wear it, like, fun. at all last season, but I saw Jordan wearing it, so I was like, I'm going to put it on. Dude, I, I mean, I feel still. like Earl Thomas is going to go down as one of the greatest Seahawks ever, oh, yeah, but at the absolutely. same time, like, yeah. the way that he ended Especially his we, Seattle just career Especially because we drafted like, him, too, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But, but getting carted off dude. the field to, with a middle finger to the franchise is just like, ooh, yeah, yeah that's. Yeah. But I'm, so. I'm 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 te- I'm team ET all the way, like for sure. I, I flipped I mad. flipped off Pete Carroll too at the same time, even though he does well, I, he does great hey, things for our team. It was an emotional flip day. Off Pete. Anyways, <laughs> enough about football. It was an emotional day. Let's get this shit rolling. Oh, oh no. Yeah, it's a katana. Whoa, dude. Let's get this rolling. Oh, he just All right, corrected you. <laughs> He's like, fucking, it's, a it's a katana, bitch. <laughs> about football. Katana. Let's talk about All right, honor yeah. in Tokyo. So tonight, today, this morning, we are talking Tokyo Ghost Volume 2. And in Tokyo fashion, we are drinking the second most popular beer from Japan. Kirin. Ichiban. 
It's uh, from Japan Brewing, established in 1888, just after Sapporo, which was on our last episode. Um, it was very similarly brewed um, because they got German brewers to come and kind of coordinate the brewing process. And Sapporo was trained by German brewing. So pretty much Japan's just like, hey, Germany, tell us how to do this so we can get drunk. And Germany's like, all right. And uh, that's what they did. Uh, they went solo and independent in 1907. So Ichi uh, Kieran started their own brewing. Um they use barley and premium hops, um, 4.9% alcohol percentage. The biggest thing is that it's first press, 100%. Uh, so I look, with that, look up what that meant because I didn't know. And basically what that means is a lot of brewing processes, you know, use the mash and the hops and they get the, um, the runnings from the first batch and then they reprocess and filter and get running from a second and they go through three to four times, sometimes five. Um, and so they can get everything out of their ingredients. Uh, well, Kieran only uses the first press, and then they discard the ingredients and, and start over. So they only use the most flavorful ingredients, basically, is their thing. Um, hmm. I've never had it before. so This is my first time, too. Once again, me and Vinny are holding down the drinking fort for the team because Zach and uh, JR are still fighting the, the technology front, which makes no fucking sense. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, cheers, Jordan. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's definitely a malt liquor. Yeah. It's, it's malt liquor? Yeah, dude. It says right on the can, first press, 100% malt. Well, it's beer, but it's like, yeah, it's malt. Dude, it's it's, malt it, it tastes like a malt liquor. Yeah. But like, in a good way? It's actually, it's <laughs> like a... <laughs> this, this, the way you guys just like react to Renzi or that one girl that's just like... Mm, uh-uh. You know what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I fucking love that. Like, I feel like I'm literally listening to you guys do that right now. You're just like, I can't Ugh. figure out oh, how I like it's it. it's malt. Well, well. Um, I'm going to have to chug six of them to figure out if I like it or not. But. <laughs> <laughs> I really big can. Oh. Uh, it's actually pretty, like, drinking a beer at 8 a.m. is never uh, a great idea, except for when it is. But... <laughs> this one's not not terrible. It's got it doesn't have that ricey flavor that I had in the Sapporo. It's 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 a little thicker, um, like you're saying, a little maltier. Um, but it still has a little bit of like a a wet cereal taste. So I think I can taste like the the hops more so in this. So it's basically like I'm having cereal for breakfast. You know? Yeah, you're basically you're you're just having breakfast, man. You're just having some breakfast on 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 that. That's wholesome. That's some wholesome Sunday morning Kieran content for Ichiba. you guys. Have it with a katana and breakfast. Mmm. Samurai sword. Man, I can't wait for the marketing dollars to flow in from this. <laughs> Get drunk with the sword on your back. Translate the email. Take on the day. Uh, all right, so that's our that's our uh, our beverage breakdown there. So let's go into story time with Jr. Um, volume two, Jr. What goes on? Volume two. This is the. Uh, I guess the after the big kaboom. Yeah, I guess, should we have a recap of Volume 1, just real quick? Just a real quick. At the end of Volume 1, everything was going peacefully, uh, and then all of a sudden, some violence happened. Uh, Dent's past came back to haunt him by his, his, the way he, you know, killed people in the, you know, for revenge, and everybody was his bully. They finally caught up to him, and kind of started a little fight between him and um this guy named mash and uh but basically everything got turned around on on him and debbie and 
uh, he went and linked up to the world again by, uh, you know, stabbing himself with some drugs and uh, was taking over. Stabbing himself with some drugs. Uh, shooting was, himself up. Shooting yeah. himself up with some nanotech and uh, <clears throat> uh, Davy Chama pretty much took him over and they went and actually did what they were supposed to go do, which destroy Tokyo uh, and blow the place up so they can have the natural resources that, that was applied in that area. And that's how uh, number one end with Debbie kind of, we're thinking Debbie died, um, but she took the, uh, the other serum, which made her the, the ghost, I guess, or the, uh, another superhero. I don't know if there was a name for her before, but now she's the Tokyo ghost. And gives her yeah. that EMP power. She's basically Kazumi. <clears throat> yeah, Kazumi. And so now she. Yoshi reminds you know, me of his fucking uh, Yoshi Mitsu from Tekken when she was going through with that sword and just like a fa fa fa. Yeah, dude, when she was going through Tokyo, or not Tokyo, but going through uh, fucking LA and just murking cats with that sword and it's like kind of glowing. You know? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. where she, she comes back. I feel like and... Kazumi's way more Yoshi Mitsu, bro. But, Did well, Kazumi fight? But Kazumi had just a regular fucking katana, and she barely used it. But Debbie her, had like her a glowing fucking katana with murkin' cats. But Yoshimitsu is like very classic samurai Japanese like character design. I guess She's I just remember the, the glowing sword. All right, oh. word. But fuck um, me, Zach. Sorry, <laughs> fuck sorry, me. Dude. Sorry. Just keep going. Doesn't matter. Jeez. All right, don't, don't all right, ladies and that. gentlemen. <laughs> you probably used fucking that panther dude, didn't you, or that. Fucking king? Dude, dude yeah. of course I did. You were fucking king for <laughs> sure. Of course I, I was. I could. Who who's not king? He's he's easily the dopest. <laughs> Are you okay? Let's go on. Let's move on. All right, go king. ahead. Go ahead, Jared. Go ahead. <laughs> oh my god. I, I um. So, anyways, uh, this one starts back uh with with Dent thinking that Debbie has has perished, and in fact, no, in fact, he got his mind wiped because of the big EMP blast. And uh, he didn't doesn't remember anything other than he's having some bad memories, and he's back in L.A. with uh, David Trauma and Mr. Flack taking over the world and violence. And um, this starts with uh, uh, two characters out in the beginning, Miss um, Muffet and Mr. Horner, or uh, the guy that looks like a pie. <laughs> yeah, Jack Horner. Yeah, yeah. Jack Horner, and. Basically, they're they're trying to be some terrorists, and that comes through there and destroys them. And um, he he's like he's gone, right? Den is like not who he was at all. He's like this machine. Is they, in fact, I think they call him a zombie or something, right? In the in the book, some kind of zombie. Because mm-hmm. he's got the fucking TVs in front of him, and he just kills people. And yeah, he just kills. He just keeps does going. Whatever he, Davey tells him to. Yep. <clears throat> and basically, it, it's a it's a it's a different world. There, uh, Mister Flack and and Davey are going are going back to um, they're moving over to Tokyo, so they're getting ready for all that kind of stuff and um, getting this big old ship going. And well, it's kind of a gross little beginning, right? I mean, there's some really like nasty stuff in the beginning. There's there's You're a re- about when the pie gets a hand job from his girl. That's nasty. Um, and then when <laughs> they finally that. Uh, zoom into uh, Mr. Flack and uh, the Davey. And the reporter. Oh yeah, the reporter goes down on him. Goes down on him, and then uh, Davy stops so him. So sweet. Yeah, and all I can remember is uh, Mr. Flax like you shouldn't have stopped him. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, he was trying to say thank you. Like, yeah. 
Well, he has to very... send it back in to finish the job. What a <laughs> what a like comic book way to display like disgusting power. That's what I would like, say. The, like ultimate like, power. There's this journalistic arm that's like reporting on this leader of a society. And then, like, he, the journalistic arm is just saying, like, you're so great, you're so amazing, oh my god, da-da-da-da-da. And it's, like, projecting that message to the rest of the people. And then as soon as the cameras turn off, that journalistic arm, like, sucks that the guy off who's, like, in power. And I just feel like that's, yeah, it's kind of vile, but also it's, like, it's layered, mm-hmm. I think. Like, there's a layered message to that, and I just feel like that was, like, a cool... And, and what happens is, is, like, it happens in, like, three panels, too. Yeah, I feel like it's really it's like a lot of messaging, and it's just like boom, 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 and you're just like whoa, and it kind of you ha- you kind of have to like sit with it for a second and then move on. But I feel like there's a lot of like packed panels with, and sometimes it's not even the 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 writing that pushes that that layer forward. Do you know what I mean? Right, like it's yeah. the art in that one that does it. So I just feel that, like that was like a cool. That's thing. a good point because in that section, I mean, one of the things that like grossed me out was like the slobbering coming off. You know what I mean? It was like <laughs> yeah. all over. It was disgusting, and it just kind of shows you, like... It's like the, a Pavlov experiment. Yeah, and <laughs> just the fact that um, you kind of... Re- you guys ever watched that movie Caligula, you know, with uh, Malcolm McDowell? It's, like, one of the most famous, like, on mainstream, like, sex... Like, they actually have sex on this movie, and they show it, and it's, like, this, like, big orgy scene, and what they're doing is Caligula is showing, like, I could do whatever I want. I am in charge. I can have sex with this person. I can have sex with a guy. I can have sex with a girl. I can have sex with with a, you know, goat, a goat, whatever. My sister. It's a really gross movie. Caligula is a really bad story. Um, but it's <laughs> I like own it on Blu-ray, but it's terrible. You know. Yeah, it's, it's like, <laughs> um, but it's like it's like display of power is like so immense. It's like, yeah, I'm just sitting here with my pants down. I know I'm gonna get it sucked eventually by somebody, and it's like. It happens, and the fact that he got all angry about it when he Davy pulled him off, and I, I think we should say that uh, the fact that when Flack took over Davy, Davy turned into this like you know, emasculate. You know, he's like lost all of his juice. Basically, he's like this little drone of yes, sir. I'm sorry, sir. You know, instead of this violent, yeah. crazy uh, Flack individual. Has that, like- like ultimate button though. It's like an down. EMP button, right? He's got like a little chip yeah. in his brain that he can just fry himself. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Do you think that when Murphy came on board, he knew how many dicks he was going to have to draw in this storyline? I doubt he, it. He drew a shit ton of dicks in this. I, it's really I don't know. It's I uh, maybe I need to grow up a little it's bit. A, it's only two to, dicks, you guys. Come on. It's I a lot of dick. All right. Two dicks. There's the four dicks right dick. here in this conversation. Yeah, it's a I think big. You can handle a, two animated penises. But we're showing our. I'm not offended. Vinny. All I can say is, when I went to art school, there was one thing I wouldn't draw. And if you look at all my old drawings from art school, the the men's area down there is all not drawn. And I used to get Curtis like the guy would come around. He's like, "You didn't finish it." I'm like, "No, nah, it's finished." I ain't going. <laughs> <laughs> Why, right. dude? Yeah. Why? Pure. <laughs> yeah, I just, no, I'm not drawing that. I'm not. I'm not taking an hour looking at your your dick and trying to draw it in detail. I'm sorry. I just. Uh, it's like in a pencil and like put it push it to the side with the. I just no. Like it, he looked like a Ken it. Barbie doll. That's all he looked like down there. Was just. <laughs> Um, I just was not interested. I have like so many questions that I want to dig in deeper, but I just feel like maybe we shouldn't. Like, let's just move past this. I think we should set up camp here. I think we just change. Let's just go off. 
Off path. <laughs> well, yeah, New episode topic. Screw Tokyo Ghost. Off the air, off. I think we need to talk about that, though, because I do have questions. No, let's lay uh, JR down on the couch. Everybody thinks let's Tokyo Ghost Volume 2 is going to be about dicks now. Thanks, guys. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's not about dicks. It's just a lot of dicks Thanks. in the whole It's the a whole Japanese porn comic book that we just got yeah. into. Um, so anyways, uh, we'll, we'll move on. on. Uh, the next scene kind of goes into where they're starting to move. Uh, Mr. Flack is starting to, to move his his, uh, his organization to Tokyo where they built this like casino looking, you know, uh, town. It's just straight out, you know, for the uh, higher class. And he has a um, uh, like he's got this like idea of who he wants going. And I'll, I'll get into that with a much better scene. Um, but in between here, there's kind of this this dark figure coming through with a glowing sword, as Jordan uh, says from Tekken, um, and uh, with glowing hands and starts murking all these guys that are helping move. And Dent just kind of stands there, not knowing what's going on and realizing all of a sudden there's like a danger and they, they kind of go at it. And I thought this was a really good scene here because it goes from a bright pink to um, a black page where it says the ghost of Tokyo has come for you all, and so dope. And I thought that was pretty pretty awesome. Um, and it takes like into the second volume to realize what the title means. In the yes, exactly. Because I didn't know what Tokyo Ghost was. I thought Tokyo Ghost was meaning like okay, the the past is gone, right? Like the we're into this new world of technology, violence, uh, addiction, and like the ghost what, of Tokyo. Exactly. Like Tokyo and, itself, like the city had, has become ghosted. No, I, I thought the, the it was kind of a metaphor. I thought Tokyo Ghost be, was this so. metaphor for like, no more, we can't go hiking anymore. Like as a whole, like there's no more nature. There's no more, you know, being able to swim in, in a, a river. Like I thought the idea of Tokyo was gone from, from everything. That's what I thought. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that it was actually a character uh, which came out in Tokyo, uh, the volume two. So, and that I think was that works too. Still, I mean, like the Tokyo yeah, I guess dead. it does they have a double meaning. We're in the ghost. Yeah, we're living with the it, ghost of knowing the world. knowing Rick Remender. I feel like it probably it probably it has does. twelve meanings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, that was kind of my thought. And um, we go into the to the next section here where uh, Dent is kind of on his own, and he's sitting in front of a, a katana, and he's kind of just zoned, He's like zoned out. But all of a sudden, he started having flashbacks. And they're, um, I'll, I'll kind of read this really quickly. I, I thought this was a great little section. Um, it says, Once upon a time, there was a boy named Teddy, Dennis, who grew up to become a, a, a cunt, is what it says. <laughs> Shocked by the EMP, Teddy has been offline for 46 hours, 33 minutes, and 5 seconds. He's counting. Uh, the months, months ago, all of his hopes disappeared in a mushroom cloud. Uh, Teddy was jacked in and so he never knew but the memories are coming back now and they hurt and he goes Debbie and he grabs for the katana at the same time he goes the only person who ever cared about him the most beautiful face he'd ever seen he couldn't remember why she left maybe he didn't want to and that was I thought that was a really great like understanding of where Dent was and what he had kind of become this kind of Mm. Just getting to the next day and kind of zoning himself out. And he has these flashbacks, and it kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, T2, Terminator 2, where uh, Sarah Connor... T2? (laughs) Sorry. You know, 
I love it. Uh, it's for us gear, us gearheads over here, bro. These come on, my bad. Come on, bro. True, 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 true Terminator fans, bro. Come on, bro. Gearheads. Um, I have a Skynet tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, so he he has this flashback about um, about Debbie and how much he loved her, and he sees her, and she's and, and I feel like they they drew her a lot more like prettier in this. Like her her appearance, her face was a much more um, uh, detailed in the way her, her eyes and her lips looked, and and. It was kind of a, a great scene, and there's a, a part of it where, like, they show his apartment, it's all jacked up, and it's kind of a weird thing. My, so, it was kind of a weird, um, <clears throat> gross, dis- distinguished, you know, between what was there and what is reality, right? He's got, like, a blow-up doll on his sofa with pizza. Oh, yeah, and the bottles of, like, liquor on the table and syringes yeah. and all that and shit kinda, everywhere. And then, and throughout this, they're talking about how weak he was. He was too weak to protect what he had, and he let the destruction. Well, occur. he he really is, and it, it's like the whole story is like it's a great story, but it's so focused around like if he was just not such a pussy and didn't dwell on getting his ass kicked in high school, like he like nothing this would fucking happen. I mean, a lot of it would have happened, but the whole fucking dent Debbie thing, like, I, but yeah, like, and it's true. I think that that's like such an, I mean. I think that that is a a good way to look at like addiction overall, and like an accurate accurate way to depict like a an addict in a in a really crazy zany world. First of all, I think that his apartment, like showing his apartment, that's like that that's what an addict's apartment looks like. Like you just give up. Like there's fucking shit everywhere. There's garbage. Like you just don't care. There's blow up dolls, pizza and shit. Like you just. Because, like, the whole thing is you're trying to escape. And I think that trying to escape, I mean, I don't want to say that it's a, it's a weakness because that's, like, kind of too harsh. But, I mean, it's it's based out of fear. Like, you're, you're afraid of, like, what's in front of you. And so you just want to, like, zone the fuck out. You want to go somewhere else, somewhere where you feel safer. And I feel like he is a fearful dude. Like, he got beat up. He realized he couldn't protect the woman he loved. And he got scared. And so, out of fear, he, like, started cranking up his nanotech, and then he became a big man, but even during that time, he was still zoned out, because he was scared. Like, he was, he's a fearful guy, and I think that that is, addicts, that is a trait that I think that some addicts have, and so I think that it's cool to show that in, in this story. Like, this is a crazy world, it's a crazy sci-fi world, but Led's addiction to nanotech feels very real to me. And it, it, it's it's very that's very true, and it's it's make like it's just funny how he tries to be strong by injecting himself with drugs, but in doing that, he's actually showing how weak he really is, and like yeah, he makes himself and even, even in weaker. even in going back to it too. Like I yeah. mean, we touched on this in the last episode. Like we were like, well, when he was like mortally wounded, we were like, well, he could have died like a warrior, like he could have gone out like a champion, he could have like saved her right there, like he had that opportunity. But instead, what does he do? He crawls back to the ship. And he injects that nanotech. Why? Because he's weak. He's scared. He's There's never been a time when he's been a badass. Like, yeah, he looks like it and he does badass shit. But he is a small, scared little that's boy. The, that's the like, nanotech, too. That's, that's Yeah, exactly. That's just him during his addiction. And so, you know, it only makes sense that that, like, would continue on into volume two, you know. Right. Arguably yeah. until, until the end. Yeah. It's, 
That's true. And one of the things that I thought Remender did a really good job was because I, when I first grabbed this book was the cover is all, like it's just lead dent. It's this big, massive dude on a motorcycle. Right. So you're thinking that this is going to be like a normal, you know, maybe not too normal, but a, 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 a superhero, almost like a crime detective. And then throughout the story, you start to realize what dent is. So I feel like Remender like pulled you in. By like the normal standards, like hey, this is what normal of individuals are used to reading. Super powered guys who could kick ass with, with no mm. weaknesses, and then all of a mm. sudden, you're getting pulled into this world. And I felt like that's why he's one of the greatest writers. I feel out there right now with the writing, it's because he just pulls you in with his world of, of like, you know, trickery a little bit. He's like, ah, I tricked you, you bitches. You know, now you get to read my <laughs> real story, which is you know addiction and how people rely on on garbage to feel good about themselves and you know debbie is is this you know she's not she's barely she's not even on the first cover you know she's not even in, in the front you know and she yeah. becomes the strongest character throughout the whole story so well, um that's a great point that's a great point one, one thing i want to say about that jr is you're talking about the cover of the first novel which is actually the cover of the fourth if fourth or fifth issue Right. So the first issue has both of them on it. So like But who's the bigger character? Isn't isn't he like the bigger character standing up? I'm looking through all the covers and yeah. all these covers have, no, have he's, him he's as the, the focal character. Point. He's the focal yeah. point of the story, but I don't think it's just a story of addiction. It's I think it's a love story. That's what it truly really is. Yeah, well and maybe we'll get we'll get into that at the end because I think we decided what, what kind of story this is. We kind of had this quick debate about with Watchmen was like who's the main character. Let's let's see who's what this story is about. You know, um, <clears throat> um, so I'll go to the next scene. The next scene is where they're actually moving into the ship. So Flack had built this big massive cruise ship with a big lion on it, and they're going over to Tokyo. He's like, oh, a new world. He goes, I'm gonna have the highest class of the class. The the most IQ highest IQ individuals are gonna be coming to this new world none of this junk that lives here in la you know and none of this garbage and um he built this machine to kind of uh deter away people who who were not the lower class it was kind of this iq machine and he walks through it and it's like 88 and he's like yeah he fails it he fails it and he's like oh you guys are funny guys you guys (laughs) ha 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 you know and um (laughs) dude that was such a dope machine can you imagine if they had that i mean it'd be fucking (laughs) <laughs> Mine would be like 67. But... Like, uh... 167. Sorry. You're the brains, bro. Thank I, you. I, I appreciate I'm that. hoping that machine never exists. Like, yeah. I don't want to walk through that machine. <laughs> Existence? Existence. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he's definitely hoping. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, and then My Mr. Flack goes, go but you know, um, and he goes, hey, hey, guys, we thought you uh, get a kick out of that, and uh, good, good. I like to have fun. And then he turns on him and he goes, but I really like to run a tight chip. And he has Kent, uh, Dent uh, to cut them in slices and dices, right? And moves on even. So it kind of tells you where Flack is going. You, you actually start to see the weakness of him. You start to see like he's starting to feel he's not that all-powerful. He's actually a weak, pervert old man. You know what I mean? Instead of mm-hmm. this all-knowing kind of guy. You start to see that in this page. Um, and then you start to, it's this big party going on on the ship. Everybody's excited. Uh, <clears throat> really weird stuff. Weird games. A lot of sexual things going on. Um, <clears throat> Dent, and all the while, it, him and he's talking to Dent. And he's like, this is what I'm going to offer you. This is Davey. You know, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. 
And all this whole time, Davy is just kind of like laying in the background, just kind of. And you're and, and at this point, I'm thinking, what what's Davy up to? Because you he went from this superpower villain to this guy who just kind of hangs out and does what Flack does. So you're kind of getting that feeling of something's gonna happen, but you're not sure what. You know, what's this guy gonna do? Is it what kind of betrayal is gonna happen? Um, and you don't know where it's gonna come from. And so, anyways, they're kind of teasing Dan a little bit about his because they're they're starting to realize his memories are coming back and they start to show him what he did in Tokyo and the destruction that he caused and um, kind of making him yeah. feel bad about that. But they're like twisting it on him and making it making like it worse. It was, yeah, it was yeah. like Debbie his... like tried to kill him and right to fucking like go not have any feelings and yeah he's actually like fighting his his addiction at this point. Yeah, like realizing it, he's like coming to Teddy's coming through, right? Like fighting through the the woodwork, right? Exactly. Yeah, um, and then all of a sudden, there's this like change in this is a turning point in the comic book NFL films. Um, <clears throat> and Ooh. this is the all of a sudden the lights go out, and. You know, uh, we're, everybody's like, what the fuck, right? Like, what's going on here? And then all of a sudden, here enters uh, Tokyo Ghost, a.k.a. Debbie. Um, a.k.a. Yoshimitsu. A.k.a. Yoshimitsu. And her uh, inappropriate outfit that Jordan does not a- approve of uh, that he mentioned It just last seems, episode. like, very, like, inconvenient for a, a warrior to wear. But you know. I don't know. She, a warrior doesn't need to wear any clothes, really. Yeah, it's, all about, it's all about speed and flexibility. Yeah, samurais don't... True samurais don't wear, like armor that like all that armor you typically see for like samurai style that's all ceremonial shit i'm not saying like, wear armor i'm saying not just have your titties hanging out first of all her phone. titties ain't hanging out she don't have <laughs> Bro, like, she's she's a rogue jordan like, yeah, she's gotta be she's like fit she's not like voluptuous and like it's, <laughs> it's a two-piece samurai outfit it is like a bikini, basically. I don't know. She's That's, more she's more ninja than samurai. It's a Rick Remender style. Is all I'm saying. Because uh, in man, in you low read volume two of Lo- Low. In Low, the girls, everybody, everybody's Princess Leia gold bikini. It's like the whole. Fucking <laughs> uh, I like it. Um, I love. I love it. <laughs> the thing is, is I bet you if, if the shit. the hero, the main hero, was like a ripped ass dude. And Absolutely. he wasn't wearing his shirt. Don't have to finish. And he was it. wearing Absolutely. like shorts. Jordan would be like, "Bro, this dude's sick, bro." It just makes sense. He's so badass. <laughs> <laughs> just adds up. Oh, he doesn't need any armor. You know, he's almost as good as Ryan's, uh, Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Ryan Seacrest. He's gonna say Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> I was. I mean, more of a Joel uh, McHale guy, but whatever. All right. All, all right, Skid us um, back on the rails. <laughs> so at this point, uh, Tokyo Ghost ensues panic in Mr. Flack, and he's starting to um, kind of go off the deep end here. And he's talking about her, and he goes, Fuck, Led, she's on my ship. Give me my pistol, you incompetent fool. And he's really scared about <laughs> Tokyo Ghost. He's really scared of... And I think he realized what he actually did and the repercussions, I think, is starting to happen. And he's realizing that... Um, that he's just a weak, normal guy with his pants down. Like he's got no superpowers. He's not even a genius. He's just Low this IQ, old, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. guy who just kind of makes everybody think he's this god, right? I mean, he went from people drinking out of the pool that he was taking a, uh, a bath in to sucking his dick to 
all of a sudden he's this scared guy with a, a white t-shirt and no underwear on and it's like dude go home and put some underwear on he's donald duck with a pistol <laughs> exactly and he's like going after uh davy trauma here and he's because davy's like no we got it we got it and he's like no you fucking don't get it you know this is not good for me right um and then he he uh he makes him realize that, you know, he does have the button. I control you, Davey, blah, 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 you know, blah, 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 kill you. <laughs> um, and anyway, so they sent, they sent uh, Dent after after her and um, <clears throat> he's not realizing what he's doing. And and uh, uh, there's kind of a really cool scene here. It's like you can kind of see that this, the, um, the corruption going on here from Davey because Dent or Flack goes to look for his gun and it's missing. Right, so he's dun, like dun, something. Dun. Right, and all of a sudden Tokyo. And you goes, immediately know that right. it's Davy because he's, he's just—he would. He's chaotic as fuck. Yeah, yep. he's just like getting murked by this guy, and like is obviously way more intelligent. Like, well, yeah, I don't know. It's being run by this guy who's not even close to his level of deviancy. Like, he has no like understanding yeah. of what Davy's capable of, and um, and all of a sudden uh, Tokyo Ghost shows up in his office and. I think it's a great it's a great scene because she kind of has a little bit of a um, monologue, right? I mean, she kind of talks a little bit about you know um, things that that happened, and he goes, and I think he actually, I mean, she scares him so much he shits in his chair, right? I mean, he takes a crap, <laughs> and she goes, "You shit more than ju- you'll shit more than just your chair." I mean, she's going after him. Um, you shit. You shit the world. All you ever cared about was winning, and you did. The last man standing of a mountain of filth. And that's exactly mm-hmm. who he was, right? Um, and she stabs him in the shoulder. And then she kind of goes after him and says, you know, I know what you've done. And she and my name is Debbie. And she chops his head off. Dun-dun-dun. 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 And Mert. enters Davy Chama. And I think this is a really good scene. This is another turning point in the book because this is where she did not realize that Davy was being controlled by like a chip and by a button that Mr. Flack had. So all this, the craziness that was ensuing was being held back. And as soon as Mr. Flack died, got that chip, that power went away. And Davy's like, he goes, I knew you did it. I knew you would do it. He was the firewall holding me back. And he's like this lightning of power just comes to him and he just goes after her he goes and i love how he talks i love how he like what he calls he's like he calls her sister you know kind of like sup sister he goes oh sister and the plans i have cut scene and that's the end of that confused me because like throughout that volume i was just like wait are they related or is he just saying that like i didn't (laughs) i didn't know so that that goes back to some panels before that when they were looking through um dense memories and they kept Uh seeing uh memories of kasumi so when they saw photos of the tokyo ghost they thought it was kasumi before they thought it was debbie remember Mm-hmm. So when she realized, when he, Davey realized Debbie was, you know, Kasumi in a way, or the Tokyo Ghost, right. he realized she had the power, and Davey and Kasumi were part of the same project that made him powerful like that. Oh. So it was more of just like the, oh hey, you got the power now too, sister. Oh now you're my sister. And it's, oh. It was more of a sense like that. Okay. It was kind of a weird thing, but I think it went with it went with Davy because he just said the most ridiculous shit 
like people were getting yeah. splattered on the wall and he'd be like shit's on fleek yeah and like, you yeah. know what i mean like yeah so he's a fucking he's, lunatic dude he is one of the craziest characters i've ever seen or read he's a cool villain like, dude yeah it's a, a great cool villain. villain great villain and so let's jump ahead a little bit because what's his overarching plan jr he kind of figures it out as he goes but he has so this- one of the biggest things that uh he wanted to do was um was take everybody to the the virtual world no more bodies and he kind of where everything could be perfect anything can be manipulated to what you want and it kind of it kind of reminded me of um i can't remember this movie but where everybody was basically on the same plane there was no class there was no distinction between race there was only this you are a uh a code you know and he wanted it yeah, uh, was it Matrix? I don't know. Um, yeah, they're batteries. They're batteries in the Matrix. Yeah. but sure. Yeah. Um, sure. The island's a great movie. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the beach. Never mind. The beach with Leonardo <laughs> yeah. DiCaprio and the okay. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, he wants everybody to be on this level plane because I I, I think he he didn't maybe there was something about davy trauma that we didn't realize or maybe we didn't think about was maybe he wasn't you know he was this low-end individual who came into power and we've seen that before right where you cut you know you're this this guy who came to power the the wrong way and you now you want everybody to feel what you felt you know when you were weak and the power you know the the distinguish of living low class and he brought it he wanted everybody to be on the same plane so he was gonna and since everybody is connected already it was already easy. He was going to put on this uh, Cerebro helmet and connect everybody and push them into the virtual plane. Um, and that was yeah. his master plan. He was going through to kill... Mass, through mass suicide. Mass suicide. He was going to he kill gonna everybody. Have every single person on the world kill themselves at the same time and at that same time upload their consciousness into the right. cloud. Yep. Which is just super, super dark and like current. And yeah, I, I thought it was like, great. We're all yeah. going to be... TV but, like, screen. I what feel the like... cloud what? is, like, f- full, you know? How much storage <laughs> The cloud. <laughs> My cloud is the, fucking full. The cloud <laughs> never runs out of storage. That's just because you're not paying them enough money. You need yeah. a bigger storage plan. <laughs> yeah. Um, But uh, but one thing about Davey, and I think that we've touched on this a, a ton of times before when we've talked about villains, is, like, how the best villains offer, like, solutions and plans that aren't 100% evil. I mean, yeah, this is super evil, but like there was times when he was like, think about it. There nobody will have to eat any more natural resources, which is something that we're currently running out of. Nobody will feel sadness because they can just upload happiness if they want to. No more suffering, no more hunger, no more the world ends, and if the world does end, we still continue on. And so like the mass suicide is super dark, the against the people's will is super dark. But then to counteract that, he has points where it's just like, makes you think. Well, yeah, it makes you think. <laughs> like it's kind of like the Thanos effect, where you're just like, here's the. And I feel quote like from that panel that's like that the best villain. You know what I mean? Because um, he's that's when he's like doing the go karts with like Mao or Mao, uh, Genghis Khan, Hitler, uh, Osama bin Laden. And he's like going through yeah. doing all the crazy goat karting stuff and he's talking about his feelings and they're kind of like, nah, man, that's too crazy. But then he'll say, I'm both, I'll be both executioner and savior to all of mankind. And it's just like, that's kind of sums up what you're trying to say. It's just like, yeah, nah. like he's, 
the world is shit, so he's putting everybody consciously into a better place, but physically, no one would exist. Yeah. So what's... Yeah, so is that... I don't know. I, it's some yeah. Star Trek shit, dude. It's like the, op- yeah, it's like the opposite Trek. of the board. Uh, yeah. Like... It is a weird concept, um, and I think we should... Uh, uh, well, maybe we'll get to the... We'll just jump to the end, because um, I, I think that's a great... Con- like, I love I love seeing that side, and then I, but I always... I, I think I always gravitate towards, like, a different side when I see that stuff. Um, like, I understand what he's doing, but then it makes me think of what I really want, and that is not what I want, you know what I mean? Because that is, like, a nor. That is, like... If someone were to ask me if I wanted to be a part of that, I'd be like, well, what about my individuality? You know what I mean? What about my right to be upset about, like, I'll give you a story. I, last night I was painting and I just junked this paint painting last night. Like, I was so pissed about it. It took a lot of work and it didn't come out at all. So I grabbed that painting and I just smashed the shit out of it and I got rid of it. <laughs> and you know what? Rage, bro. And, to, and you know what? I'm, I'm happy because... I have the right to do that. It's my art. It's my creation. It's my, you know, individuality. And then I wasn't happy at it and I didn't want to look at it anymore. And it was, it was more about Amber's a- like in the other room watching the bachelor. And all of a sudden she just hears like, ah, just smashing shit like in the art room. And it's just like, Oh, it's just JR painting. Don't worry. And then about when it. the crash is over, it's like a slow, quiet weeping. Like, just yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I, 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 I think I, I embrace that more than anything. I think that's a great for me to have because to have passion in that is something that if you conform to something that like Thanos or Davy Trauma, it's it's boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. boring, you well, know. You I think you can't be bored. Just upload entertainment. I'll be bored. I don't think you can uh, be bored I, when you're. I, I think be that, bored. I think Hold that on, the, is that what you just said? I don't that's the whole point is oh. you can't be bored <laughs> i think the most vile part of the plan is the the disregard of free will right like what other people want that's the that like and and of course the mass suicide like everybody dies but like i think that doing something to somebody against their will is where they the, that like seed of evil lies right because i think that like there's also a lot of I mean, and I don't know if it's necessarily good, but I think that he, in his mind, he's thinking, this is going to save everybody. Like, yeah, trust me. You're like, you're not going to want this now, but like, it'll save everybody later. Just trust me on this. He he and didn't so, care about saving people. Though. I think he just wanted to be the king. Like, he wanted everybody, he wanted to be fucking the emperor. That's, that's his like, uh, underneath, like he was saying all this bullshit. And then all of a sudden at the right. bottom of the, of the, of the cake is his actual like, Hey, this is what I really want. I right. want to be the boss. Well, a boss. Well, bro, this. Well, bro. More times than not, the savior is always the tyrant, and the tyrant is always like desiring to be the king. Say that to Russell Wilson's face, bro. Look at look at Julius. Look, look throughout history, though. Look at Julius Caesar. No, of look course. at Adolf Hitler. Like these are these are people that came in as the savior of their people, like the one that liberates everybody. And then these are the ty- like it's. Those three things go hand in hand. I'm just yeah. saying you can't glorify his plan because it's it's not it's not like heartfelt. It's fucking selfish. Exactly. His, yeah. His whole scheme. And then Deb is like fuck this, and obviously tries to fight back. But throughout the process, Dent fights his like fucking mind melt and actually comes to right becomes Teddy. He does. And that was pretty cool to see because like. She was convinced that, well, she wasn't really convinced, but she was just hopeful that love would prevail. And she was basically giving herself up to let Dent kill her or come back. 
and he like got the sword right to her face and then like stopped, which is who knows if that really would happen. Um, but love prevailed, man. And and then what happened? To um, boy? Well, at this point, this is where Dent dies, right? Because didn't they kill him? And he yeah. turned it. <laughs> yeah, so happened. Sta- <laughs> and then he he dances with him on the on the. That floor. was super dark. Yeah, I saved that yeah. image. He he fucking makes him kill himself with the samurai with the sword. Like he yeah. just possesses his mind and cuts his own throat, and then shows Davy dancing around with his dead ass body with blood just trailing right. behind. Like super and fucking exactly, and that orange. that really like throws Debbie into like a little bit of a, tr- a turmoil. But I mean, I do love her character. She trudges on. I mean, it's like when we do this episode and we can't get through the. We're like trudge on, trudge on. You know, trying to get to the next scene. <laughs> just get through and, the weeds. <laughs> uh, just get yeah. through the fucking thing. Um, and I feel like. Uh, and we're gonna jump to the next scene. I mean, he's taunting her now. Like he is like saying, "Ah, you can't beat me. I've got your boyfriend hanging up, you know, strapped to to wires, dead body. You know, I've put his conscience in this scene." And I mean, he's really trying to 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 seduce her to his side. I mean, th- I mean, he's got. And he what- does. He does. I mean, he does turn her for a little bit, right? She she goes and she gets she, tricked. He- he wins, yeah. He he knew he would win. He's like, just say the magic words. That's all I need. And, and that's where like, uh, he was. Who comes right. in there? One, one thing about that scene. So so um, Davy is getting ready to put the helmet on, and he's getting ready to have everybody kill themselves and yep. upload them to the cloud. And Debbie's in the room with him, but Debbie's not fighting him, and Davy's not fighting her. But they're more just having this argument, and Davy like won't move forward until she admits that right. he's right. Like, yeah. he needs it. He, like, won't do anything until Debbie admits that, you know, you have a point and, like, just upload me to the cloud. And the way he does it is when he kills Lead, he uploads him to the cloud. Right. And so he basically uses Lead as, like, don't you want to be with him? Like, why don't you want to just, like, live with him forever in happiness? Look, he's not addicted to technology anymore. He's not Dent anymore. He's the one. He's the man you love. Like he's, he's sitting right there. Himself. He's yeah. a perfect yeah. version. Like what? I, what's wrong with this? Say the word, and I can send you to him right now. And like the, he's like, Led's like putting his hand on the screen, and like it's just like she could. She puts her hand on the screen too, and it's like a powerful ass scene. But I think what's interesting is that there's no fighting going on. There like, isn't. No, none. Like not, no needs- physical fighting. But there's like yeah. internal battles like galore. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Yeah, and I think that's a, a a good point to bring up too. Is like, and Dent's telling her not to do it. He's like, "Don't do it. Don't do yep. it. It's not worth yeah. it. Don't do it." And she still kind of does it, <laughs> and she still kind of gives into that. You know, that she doesn't uh, want to go on without Teddy. Yeah. And, and, so and ultimately, Teddy, essentially, she she just gives up and she says, yeah. "All right, Davy, fuck it. You're right. Like, just send me to the cloud. I want to be with Led." Yeah. Yep. 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 And, and then. Who comes through to save the day? What's his? What's Kazumi's his, son. What's his name, Jordan? Yeah. What's his name, Jordan? I wrote it down. Uh, Takara. Katara. Katara. Oh, I wrote it Katara, down. Wrong. Katara, <laughs> Katara and his pet cat. Yeah, and his pet cat. <laughs> red panda. Bro, red dog. panda. Come on. Yeah, uh, the red panda. Red panda. <laughs> Bro, that's for sure a cat. The red panda saves fucking Dude, lives. A cat. <laughs> It's like, yeah. it's like one of China's most like 
or Japan's most exotic freaking animals. Yeah. Red panda. The red spotted cat, dog. No, the red <laughs> spotted red panda. It's like one of the cutest things the on chest, earth. Uh, what's the cat from the uh, Alice in Wonderland? The Chester cat. Oh, just Chester cat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so so Deb, Raiden, Deb's Deb's basically giving up. She's like, "You're right. Like, I want to be with Teddy." And then Katara comes in and fucking kicks Davy's fucking head, head and knocks the helmet off. Right. And then kind of brings her back because he gives her the helmet. It's like you need to brings her back to reality. Down. Yeah, like, you need to shut all this down. And then Davy keep your promise shoots. to my mom. Keep your promise to my mom. Yeah, it's it's the promise that she made when she took the power. And then he gets fucking a bullet through his chest as he's handing off off this helmet. And this is something that like this is Rick Remender. And one thing I I um, I loved Low. Don't get me wrong, but one thing I was kind of annoyed by is like yes, she was so hopeful, but everything went. Right, like everything fucking happened, like the way that she was thinking it would. Like it was dark. I mean, the world, was, don't give me that face, Zach. The world wasn't great, but like she knew that <laughs> if she fell, she wouldn't die, and she didn't. Like she would basically just throw herself in these situations, and then she'd be okay. And I guess your I boy, disagree, but your I, boy I, got I just rocked. Move on. <laughs> and uh, all right, I'm gonna. I'm but gonna everybody gets fucking killed. No, that. no, you can finish your point. I'm just saying, let's talk about that at a different time about low, but finish your point. Um, uh, yeah, she didn't go the way, and she gave up. Like in hope, hope she never. Uh, in low, she never gave up. In this, she gave up. Yeah, and you got to keep reading low, though. There's a lot more to um to the hope theory in low, and it keeps getting deeper and deeper. Uh, which we'll we'll get to when we get to those because we're gonna do we'll break up right per volume probably right. So that should be all right. Better. All right. Well, anyway, um, so yeah, so gets the helmet, puts it on. Um, well, let's let let me let me let me set that scene up because I think that's a really important scene. After um after actually it was Takara that got Debbie the helmet. He's like, do what you're supposed to do, right? Um, he gets shot in the back by Davy Trauma, and at this point, you know she's she's upset, she, and everybody's telling her put the helmet on. Dent's telling her put the helmet on, and he goes, uh, I love what uh Davy Davy he says. You're not gonna fuck this up for me, right? And everybody, I mean, Dent is telling her, put it on, do it. And, he goes, and she goes, Teddy, if I do. And, he, and she, there's just, I think it's a really great scene in this really great panel. It's a big, it's his big face on a TV screen and she's putting her body up against it. And she's, she's realizing what she's saying goodbye to at this point, right? She's like, I'm saying goodbye to him. And he's saying, you spent your, your life carrying me. You're always my conscience. Now let me be yours. Save the world. Let me go. And I thought that was a really deep scene there because he's he realized now that his body's gone and he didn't need the the technology he realized what she was to him and she was she was the greater person and he was background really um, <clears throat> and I'm gonna read this ar- argument between um, her and and David Trump. There's only two two bubbles here, but she goes, um, "I love you, Teddy," and and Davy says, "If you do this." He'll die. He'll be gone forever. And she goes, so will you. And uh, The greatest challenge of any of us face it is change. And I thought that was really awesome there. The world would never willingly unplug itself. Never choose to face the mess, uh, mess, all, uh, mess around us. And this is where she puts on the helmet. And this bright pink light comes out. And she's, she's basically EMPing. She superpowered her superpower like Cerebro mm-hmm. does, like Professor Xavier does with his mm-hmm. telepath and mm-hmm. zaps the shit out of everybody. 
So she goes, I'll choose with an EMP. With an EMP, which blast. shuts down the cloud, which which shuts down yeah, lead. Which yeah. is, everybody knows what EMP is right, it's just a big, a big electrical, you know, blast. El- electromagnetic pulse. Yes. Um. So she goes, I'll choose for them. Teddy was my only family, the the one person I had in the world. All I ever wanted was for him to unplug, to get clean. And as she's saying this, Davy's like falling apart. I mean, he's you could see how much of a machine he was. He was barely even human. Like he had no, I mean, it was pieces and bits there, but and some blood, but not really. Because I knew once I once he did, I'd be happy. But you can't let your hope for your joy rest on the shoulders of someone else. Some irony, the girl who couldn't face her own bullshit suddenly facing everyone else too. Forcing ev- suddenly forcing everyone else too. And that's the end of the the craziness of between David Trauma and Debbie. The technology versus versus our uh, you know, independence of what we want to do, right? That's kind of mm-hmm. the, the Eco end first there. tech. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um so there's a lot. That's I mean that, that that's a lot that goes into that that whole standoff. I mean, it's it's a lot of current debates. You know, what are we are we doing? What we're doing is it right? You know, is was Davy? Did Davy have a point? Um, and then also one of the things I think about too is that I mean, if we can agree that the most vile thing in Davy's plan was the kind of cast off of free will, doesn't Davy do the exact same thing? Why don't mm-hmm. we view that as vile as well? Yeah, it's a good point. <clears throat> well, that yeah. brings up the end of the story, which it says one year later, right? One and year later. Everybody's living in this paradise of yeah, this green utopia. vegetation and stuff, and she leaves because she understands that she forced everybody into this and everybody needs help. So she has to leave Tokyo to help others around the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, the wealthy people are, like, carrying logs and shit all pissed off. Yeah, like, making them work. Fucking work and shit. I've done this. Yeah. Yeah. She, she says, uh, I finally depend on myself, is what she says. And that was a great, great end. And it's kind of got, like, a little bit of, like, a um, the end, very, very end, kind of has, a, like, a uh, a 1980s horror movie ending. You know what I mean? Where the Into kid the picks sunset. up the Game Boy. Yeah. yeah. But then... uh, the kid picks up the Game Boy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, Davey's like, start to play. Yeah, you know you want to play, and his thumb is over the button. And that's the end of Tokyo uh, Ghost Volume 2. It's like the end, question mark, and it's like blood dripping down. (laughs) (laughs) So, obviously, there's a lot to tackle. Uh, I know, Z, you were pretty excited about Beneath the Ink in this this storyline. What what settled with you? What was the most underlying thing? so I, th- I I thought that this was an interesting story. Obviously, I think that um, it addresses a lot about addiction, um, and obviously like tech versus um, like the modern world. Um, but I I think that um, and I'm gonna have like a I don't I'm probably gonna have an unpopular take on this, but I, I think that the story is about the relationship between Debbie and Led, and I think that the real like crux of what we're talking about here is not actually Led's addiction, but Debbie's. Debbie is addicted to saving Led. That is her addiction. And it's actually, I looked it up, and it's called codependency. So How many times did they co- use that word? Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. Davy calls her. Like, Yeah, I looked, listen to the definition. 
Codependency is a behavioral condition in a relationship where one person enables another person's addiction, poor mental health, immaturity, irresponsibility, or underachievement. I think that on the surface, you can be like, oh, well, you know, Debbie is being uh, codependent to lead, like leading lead to like his addiction and, and so on and so forth. But that's not the case at all, actually. Lead is shooting up Nano and Debbie's trying to like get him off of that shit, right? But Led's behavior of being addicted to Nano and like doing all that shit is actually feeding her addiction of like this savior complex. Because ever since the beginning of their relationship, even when they were kids, he got beat up. Who saved him? Debbie. Debbie always saves Led all throughout time. And that's why at the very end, Davey understands this. And so Davey dangles the addiction in front of our main character, trying to get her to like basically break. And she does. She does. She says, I can't go on without you. I, I need to be with you. So on and so forth. And he's the one that says, no, like, you 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 need to save the world. And that's why at the end, Debbie says, you know, I've finally done it. I'm, I finally am standing on my own. Because I think the main addiction is her. But it's, like, hidden. And so I think that, you know, obviously they have a really unhealthy relationship. But I would argue that the the most kind of the key addiction in the story is Debbie's addiction to saving playing Captain Save a Ho for Led's dumbass. <laughs> That's Captain great. Save a Ho for That's Led's awesome. dumbass. Yeah. yeah, I don't disagree with you, man. I mean, it's yeah, me neither. There's, addic- there's addiction all across the board here, but uh, with you know our protagonist having seemingly having this like healthy mindset and making the just decisions and. And doing mm-hmm. the right thing, but in reality, she's just as addicted as everyone else. It's just a yeah, and that's a little more. And I can also say too that I think that that's a pretty common thing for for women growing up, especially teenage girls, because they always get shown these like movies and and about like the bad boy, like oh the bad boy goes to high yeah. school, nobody can tame him, but then he like meets a that, lot to remember. That, yeah, a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, a lot to remember. Greece. You know what I mean? Like where they're just like, oh, but then he finds that good girl and then she like makes him a good guy. And I feel like these girls, and I know this, I have five sisters. I know this from growing up with with women all my life. They watch these movies and then they're just like, oh, word. All right. Yup. Done. Registered that in the old noggin. And then when they go out to like high school and shit, they're looking for the bad boy. They're like, ooh, let me. Yeah. All right. This, this nice guy over here. Fuck that dweeb. Oh, this dude that's getting good grades? Freaking nerd. I want this guy over here who's like slanging weed on the corner. Yeah, let me get that guy. He's awesome. Slanging weed on the corner. Yeah. They don't want to talk to the guy that's playing Yu-Gi-Oh! in the fucking classroom with me. No. And and then, but then they always want, but then, but then it's always like, why? Like, why? Why? What's happening to me? Like, it's not working. But it's not, it's, so, it's really not their fault. It's like, it's like this, like, con- this conditional type of thing where like these films and this culture kind of says yeah you can you can yeah the bad boy's cool you can save him and guess what once you do he's a really great guy he'll protect you (laughs) but he's kind of got an edge and i feel like that's like that's like what this is like debbie's like ooh, led's a bad boy he's addicted to tech but i don't do any tech i'm trying to save him and that's her addiction it's like a it's an addiction that she just keeps recycling and keeps recycling and at the end it almost breaks her and if it wasn't for Katori or Katana, I'm sorry, I forgot Katara. his name, but Katara, Ta-ta- then the whole world would have been Ta-kara. been freaking uploaded to the cloud. And honestly, I feel like I didn't like that part. I hate Me when either. like, and then she gets kicked in the head by this random character who we've never seen in a long time. Like, I, I just feel like that was kind of weak, but I like that shit. I, 
I, I think that um, that's that's the addiction. The addiction is like, ooh, I'm gonna save the bad boy. And that's not even a bad boy. He's a pussy though. And he's no, like, it's fucking, it's she. It's just a whole savior I mean, it's, mentality. It's just it's a, sa- it's like, a yeah, savior complex. Weak and needs to be you. lifted up. Yeah, it's not that he's a bad boy. It's just yeah. knowing that fucking Teddy can pull chicks and I couldn't in high school, you know? It's just like... <laughs> bro, you, you need to be a better boy. Five sisters, so Zach would watch those same movies and be like, oh, yup, all right. Word, bad boy. all right, leather Word. jacket, that's check. How, that's what I do? Okay. Tattoos, <laughs> all right, you made this bad boy. Check. Zach, Zach's over here, like, you know, leaning up on the wall, smoking a cigarette, like, you know, flipping a coin <laughs> or whatever it was. You know, that was cool back in the day. For, like, West Side Story? <laughs> 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 Playing Jack, people are just like walking by me, and I'm like, wait. (laughs) (laughs) He's dancing down the street. Wait, it's not working. This is weird. I only have VHS tapes from the 60s, but I swear this should be All right. Oh, fuck. All right, so I I think that's a great take, Zach, and I think that's very, very true. And and for those of you out there that um, are thinking that you need to be a tough guy to pull chicks, you're right, and just keep doing it. (laughs) No. That's the no, don't do don't that. Don't listen Take to any advice it. Jordan gives you. God, <laughs> yeah. Any, if you ever meet Jordan, that's, <laughs> that's yeah. the main thing of this advice. episode. Just, don't do it. just agree, just to kind of you know move on with the conversation. Just, just, like, just to move forward. Don't listen to it. Just acknowledge it and, and move on. Um, okay, well let's go around. You know, uh, we got craft or trash. Uh, last last week we got a seven point five for volume one. Um, where are we at in volume two? JR, you want to start it? Yeah, I'll start it. Um, I'm going to go with Craft. I mean, it's again, it's a great story. And I'm going to stick with um, my 7. Did I give it a 7? I think I gave it a 7. I don't remember. I mean, yeah. you guys had read both both the volumes. I only yeah. read the first one. Uh, but we only ranked in the first volume last time. I'm going to give it a 7. It's a it's a great story. Um, but there are some predictability. I, I am with Zach. I don't like that um, to save the day, it's like this random person, you know kind of comes out of nowhere like you put debbie put all this hard work into it and at the end of the day this guy kind of steals the show you know uh um, you know what should have happened is she should have just broke that addiction should have broke her and davy should have uploaded everybody to the cloud but, like, yeah. been a but at that, that part of the story what you guys are saying is like i feel like the writer is like a good writer is like a little illusionist like they like sleight of hand like look over here while i'm doing something over here then at the end of the magic trick you're amazed at what this is so the entire time we're thinking it's dense addiction through volume one and then towards the end of volume two you're starting to realize like oh shit no this is all about tebby and then she finally breaks and then when she finally breaks we she needs a savior which happens to be the kid that she's supposed to keep her promise to I just but God, I, yeah, but man, I think how many that, saviors are there? Yeah, I think that not the, enough, the surprise the world still sucks. <laughs> <laughs> not enough saviors out there. I I hear what you're saying, bro, but I also think that like oftentimes when you're reading fiction, it always works out, and very few writers are like. I think it, it's like a honestly like an act of bravery to be like, oh no, like it all fucking fell apart, like everybody died. I that's why I feel like George R. R. Martin is so great because he's willing to just do shit like that. Like he's just like. I don't care about you and how you want things to end. Like shit happens and they all died. And I feel like, so I was actually waiting for it to work out somehow, even though it looked like she was about to break. And then when it Mm -hmm. did, I felt like that like illusion that you're talking about was like, like I was like looking at his left hand. Uh, uh, no, it's in your, it's in your, it's in your left hand. Like I saw it. I would have been more surprised if he like had the, like 
the courage, I would say, to just be like, yeah, like, she broke, everybody died, like, Davey won. Like, to me, that would have been the biggest surprise, but, yeah, I don't know. I feel like the appeal is, like, obviously, people, even people that know it's coming, sometimes, I would say most of the time, want, want the positive outcome, yeah. just to feel better about the whole story. Even, yeah. like, I agree with you, Zach, I want that, that dark ending that was just different. But people want to feel good ultimately about these stories, and and if that's the and that's probably why it's like the more common trope. Yeah, and that's and I'm giving it a seven, not just just that, but there's just certain things. I mean, there's really good things that are like you know you read, you're like, okay, that was good, but then there's like you know okay things, and um, it's a great story. Uh, We've read really good ones, but I think a seven is a really solid number for for me on this. So for sure. All right, Z. Uh, I thought, like, when I first read it, I thought it was, like, incredible, but then, like, I kind of had to sit on it for a week, because we did, like, two episodes, and I've cooled off on it a little bit, I'm not gonna lie, I still think it's good, but I'm closer to where JR was now than, like, where I was last week when I first caught the ending, and so I'll probably give it, like, a, I'll give it, like, a 7, too. I think, I mean, I think, I, I think the story is good. But I think that similar to what we were saying last week, I think that it's it's. I know other stories that Remender's done that like blow my mind, and this is like a great story, and you should read it. But like it hasn't yeah. blown my mind. It also feels okay. a little rushed throughout some of it too. I felt like you know the whole moving to Tokyo and all of a sudden there's like a big city there now. I just felt like I felt like they could have spread this out a little bit more, maybe make it into six issues or something. Um, <clears throat> but the fact that it was only 10 total and it just felt there's like points where i'm like man this is kind of rushed like i read through it again today and it just like i'm like i missed stuff from the first one because i think you get so involved in the story when you read them together that you're like oh man it's like binging right we just binge the whole story and then all of a sudden you you i go through it today and i'm like man some of this stuff feels a little bit rushed you know like maybe he only had maybe they said hey instead of doing 20 issues we're gonna make you only do 10 and he's like fuck i gotta cut that out i gotta cut that out you know what i mean and yeah. Um, I did feel like I did a little bit felt like it was rushed a little. Okay, so we got two sevens. Um, it's interesting because the fact that last week uh, Zach was talking about how I, he thought my rating would go up after reading the second part, and now his rating has actually gone down um, since he's been sitting on it. And I I just read the second volume uh, two days ago, and I was fucking I was hyped. I was loving it. I was way more into the second than the first. Um, I was listening to music and reading it and drinking. Um, uh, and <laughs> when Deb came in on that fucking, like, fucking uh, army of, like, nature. She was on know, a giant like, elk. Stags. Yeah. Yeah, riding the elk and all these fucking, like, leaves are, like, just flowing through the city. And Davey's like, oh, now we got a battle. And I was listening to music and fucking Humble came on by Kendrick like that's why I was singing it earlier and I was like oh my fuck like this part is dope that's a, like, that's the type that's and, and a it was just song so it scene. was just like bam 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 sit down bam, be bam, humble bam, bam. yeah it was just like perfect <laughs> just timing sad. I was like dude I, this is sick and then like it, it, the dialogue was was okay but the underlying like the little fuck the art was great the bubbles like the little shots of like what the TV was saying is fucking hilarious even better arguably in a second and it made me fucking think about a lot of shit that I do in my personal life. Like when uh, there's some line about how instant gratification is um, 
is like leaves is poison basically like you have an instant payoff you don't appreciate anything and you just go on to the next and it makes you just go 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 like you're talking about binging like binging is ruining tv shows if you ask me and it's like I, i'm not gonna stop because i like I, I enjoy it but like you don't appreciate like stranger things i like season three of watching a day just is gone when like i would like you know you'd camp on a fucking and like let it sit like it's really hard to know how you feel about something, Zach, until you sit on it for a week, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. you don't have that very much anymore. So it just it's so relevant and current. So I, I mean, maybe if I sit on this for a week, I'll, I'll, I'll cool off a little bit too. But I really, I really enjoyed the second one, and I'm, I'm giving it eight point five. And I think last week I gave it like a seven, seven point five. So my rating went up. And then we can close We're... it out. Vin boy, the fanboy. Where are we at on the second? So fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. No, all right, no. Um, <laughs> um, I would say, like, yeah, you already call me a fanboy. This is my favorite miniseries. Um, I gave the first volume an 8.5. I'm just going to start by saying I'm going to give this one a 9.5. And right. you guys are really focusing on Remender, and he's a great writer, and the story is awesome, but I think the people who really shine throughout this entire book is Sean Murphy and Matt Hollinsworth. Like the art, it to me, is what stood out. And when I read all my comics books, that's really what intrigues me the most about it is like, I love opening a page and if it's like a huge panel, I'll seriously sit there and just gawk at it and just like look at it, not even read the story, kind of just forget and be like, oh fuck, turn to the next page. All right, now I'm back into the dialogue and I get back into it. So when I first grabbed this one, and it's just like, it was an art style that I haven't really seen too much of lately. Image really, I think, focuses on picking very creative artists and colorists for their books. So they did a great job with this one because it's very, very cyberpunk. So it's very neon bright, but it's also very dark. So the contrast between the two really plays with your eyes. And they, like we discussed in the last episode, the details and all the ads and they're like, super goofy and then they kind of jab at each other the crew of the whole story so it doesn't really go with the whole story of uh the two lovebirds but it's something else that i think should be pointed out and is like a major staple of this story um with saying with that i mean i love this book just because i'm a huge fan of samurai kung fu ninja martial arts and cyberpunk stuff so this is like everything i've ever loved put it together and if you're gonna throw in a love story that i could actually be engaged with to want to read then of course i'm gonna love it even more but um yeah i just it was one of my favorite books that's why i give it a nine five but i think yeah like i said the art is the true like art's the mvp the mvp of this book like remender is a great writer this is a great story I could kind of agree with JR saying it's a little bit rushed, but I'm also a fan of short stories. I, it's really hard for me to subscribe to stuff because like once I read like 10 issues of something, I'm starting to get bored of it and I don't want to wait another week for it or month or something like that. So it's, you want that instant gratification? Not only that, but I want to move on to another story. I like to read multiple stories. I don't want to like, I have like a shit ton of Deadpool volumes. There's just so much. Exactly. I like, I have this fucking, what is it? Eight volumes of this Deadpool saga I have. And it was, I love it, but it was hard for me to fucking get through. And I'm still going through East of West. And that's another, yeah, I like short stories. I can read it, <laughs> get ending, I get satisfaction, satisfaction. 
I get satisfied. God, I'm fucking drunk. Chirin <laughs> Ichiban. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, get you drunk. Anyways, 9.5. I love this story. You should go out and read it if you're a fan of short stories and Kung Fu Katana's love. Kung Fu Katana's and love. But, like, I don't know. The whole addiction to detect, too, I feel like is really real. Because there's plenty of times sure. where I zone out on my phone and I'm just like, why was or I doing wow. that? All the time. Hey, JR. You guys are saying wow. Hey. Wow. That, I feel Dude, attacked. I don't want to talk that's about a, that right a, now I because I'm I'm feeling like we're getting personal mm-hmm. all of a sudden, and I'm like honestly offended. And just to let you know, the reason wow. why I look off of this camera and look at how screen is because I'm I even brought right that up. I'm trying to level up my crafting, and, <laughs> guys. And like this over the weekend, I I I heard word in the group chat that you found a healer. Um, <laughs> yeah, like this is what you get, Jr. For bringing up wow, super charming. Us three like, did really like, good job. Probably can like not bring it up. Well, and then you bring it up. Looks good in a robe. And now something. we're getting into just, deep issues with Jordan has right now because we found a new Jordan. I just I feel like I've been replaced, and I get it. You know, I haven't been there for you guys when you needed me, but like, damn, Jordan, no, no, we're still here for you. We just it was it was temporary. It He's was probably just better looking fling. than me. It did probably mean funnier than me. Like his name bro. is Father Yum Yum. <laughs> Shout out to Father Yum Yum. Fuck you, Father Yum Yum. Right. Taking my friends. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's, Sorry, let's close it out. That. So that that rounds it up. It's craft. The rounds it up to an eight. It's a hard eight. Okay. Uh, so it's pretty our, good. Our pretty score good. went up from seven point five to eight, and I feel like that makes that makes sense to me. I, I think like that makes sense too. I think Volume Two is better than Volume One. Hands down. Yeah, I think it's a a solid a solid solid read, and yeah, you guys should go fucking check it out um anything you guys want to give a shout out to before we close down um i'll do one i'll give a shout out to action city uh held my books for about a month i had like that many comic books and doug um we're gonna have to get him on the show soon eventually because uh it's uh, pretty awesome and he's learning comics he's, he's excited about the comics he's learning and he's reading and um so it's a uh, shout out to action city he's always been a great supporter of hop heroes and um but that's that's oh yeah and again i'm going to uh rent uh rose city comic con next weekend so that should be fun i'll document some of that awesome have some fun with it have some fun with it all right all right z anything you want to plug oz.com rzenith.com we got some great shows we're doing some big things adding maybe adding a video game streamer to the team which is going to be getting twitchy uh, with it really exciting um, so yeah, we're growing, we're moving, we're shaking. So just stick dope. with it. Keep with us. Watch us dope, grow. Dope, dope. Yeah, check us out at Hop Heroes Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, check us out on Facebook and uh, peep the IG game because Vinny's got it going strong with some dope ass, some dope ass cuss lately. <laughs> keep killing the game, Vin. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. And next week we'll catch you with some Moon Knight, which I am very excited about. I cannot wait. All right. Peace. Later's.